Hello. Hello. I have started recording. Hurrah. Because we will, well, it's past eight already. It is. Mm. Oh, shit, I need to go to twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared. That is a good place to be on yeah. a Wednesday at eight. Oh, one. I did my best to get everything done on my own. Nah, it's cool. It's cool. I was just catching Curry up on what happened at the She Won show. Ah. Now, I was... Uh, Jen has done 30-something hours before before going to sleep, so she's, she's in bed. Fucking <laughs> hellfire. She's sleeping for 30 hours? She's been awake for 30 old hours. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I was up at half past four this morning because of a certain furry someone. <laughs> so I am incredibly tired again. Hooray! So he's not well. He's someone. still not well, unfortunately. We uh, the vet thinks he may have bladder stones, so he needs to have a um, he needs to have an ultrasound. As a sufferer of kidney stones, Oy. yeah, same same thing, <laughs> same thing. Uh, so yeah, we're we're a little bit mm, about him at the moment. But he has insurance, so he will get excellent care. Good, good. So, they can see me. They will be able to see you. And be able to hear me via you. Yes, via TriCast. Okay. So I don't want any audio coming through Discord, because then we'd have two lots of audio. I have muted myself on the cord. Marvelous. Maybe I'll unmute myself so they that can would hear be weird. me twice. That would be weird. Maybe don't do that. The, all of the echo... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. So you just don't, that would be weird. You just don't want me to be recorded twice, and I'll have twice as much content on this episode <laughs> as you two. <laughs> and then I'll be the king and queen of Dangerously Unprepared. I mean, you could do it. We can see how popular it is with the audience. <laughs> I think it might be an unpopular move. Uh, uh, yeah, good point, good point. And welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. Look, 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 look out there. Look at that. We're doing something. <coughs> and obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't look up there. So you, you've no idea what I'm talking about. Where? If you're watching, then look out there. Look. Joining me, as ever, is Jack. Hello. And Kyrie. Hello. And you can see them now. <laughs> My gosh, this is now turning into a multimedia presentation. This and if you're listening to this as a podcast, this oh. is all the fun you're missing if you don't go to twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared on a Wednesday night. This is really, eight. really weird because I can see myself on the laptop and on the TV. <laughs> and You narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a couple of mirrors up there and then you'll be living the full Kyrie experience. I was going to say, I thought Kyrie was the narcissist amongst oh, us. Absolutely. It's just, just weird because obviously there's a slight delay and seeing my reaction on TV compared to what's happening here is very confusing. Yes, Phil, faces. Yeah, don't don't pay attention to it. If you pay attention to it, it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. This is my experience with streaming. God, if you start paying attention to your own face, you just it all collapses. <laughs> just end up just sort of going, oh, I just got to stretch out a little bit and just, oh man, it's 
really relaxing. Okay, I will focus on Kyrie's <laughs> lovely visage. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, Kyrie on the stream for you won't be in sync with you. I, it's oh, it's a horrible experience. It's not <laughs> yeah, not as I bad sh- as when I used to record and monitor the audio and heard myself on a delay in my ears. It made it almost impossible to speak words. Oh, yeah, man. I remember some situations where we'd get that happen in show. Yeah, and be like. Oh, this is weird. Yep. But anyway, yes, welcome to a very experimental episode of Dangerously Unprepared. This is something I think works well. We might do this again. And look, listeners, this is what us two look like. Yeah. But yeah. Also, also keep in mind that hopefully from now on, uh, I will not look like this <laughs> in episodes, because, like... I will have time to do my face and everything. Oh yeah, it's worth mentioning, I gave these two literally no warning that I was going to do this. It was proper like, I want to try an experiment. Do you have webcams and do you <laughs> consent? Like, well, yeah, but... <laughs> but yeah, this is working, cool. So, how are you both? Ah, uh, good. I just, just slipped into my mind though, Kyrie can finally fulfil all those cam girl dreams. Yeah, <laughs> been a long conversation about that at the weekend, which I'm not willing to go back into. <laughs> also, I can just look up at you dreamily, like. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know that's going to look really nice. It hasn't kicked in yet on this show. Like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I will not get too involved into this. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I went away at the weekend to, to Derby. To Derby. Yes. As yes. far from the sea as it's possible to get in this country. Yeah, I got myself a nice uh, a nice sodium deficiency. Yeah, good Grew case of Derby neck. neck. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I went to the uh, retro video games uh, fair. I saw. Yeah, which was really cool. That was um, a nice display that you looked. Oh, the, the Tomb Raider... Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty boss. I was really annoyed because it was just like, yeah, retro video games fair, and there's like Tomb Raider 3, and there's like Angel of <laughs> Darkness on the PlayStation 2 there. I'm like, re- re- retro? That is... I I hate to say it, but yes. That yeah. is retro now. Half-Life um, is over 20 years old now. Ocarina <sighs> is 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. Half-Life turned 20, and Valve didn't even, like, tweet. Really? <laughs> they, they did nothing to mark the anniversary. To be fair, what would they have tweeted? Like, what are you going to do? Buy it? Like, you've already got it. <laughs> they could have had a Steam sale. If you're, if you're, watch, if you're reading Valve's Twitter, you've got Half-Life. <laughs> they would have been like, hey guys, it's Half-Life's birthday, and guess what? Free is still not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been a hell of a day to announce it, though. <laughs> mm. But no, they had, in that same little corner there, they had uh, Afterburner... Uh, Return of the Jedi, and I forget what else was in that corner, but like there were so many different arcade machines like scattered throughout the building. So you nice. had like, a Mortal Kombat 2, Street Fighter 2, uh, Outrun, uh, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, uh, Duck Hunt. I, I, I'm like trying to wrap my brain a little bit. Tron! There was Tron there! The Tron Arcade. Awesome. Oh, the original Tron Arcade I believe arcade there was Centipede game. as well. Centipede was Because there. you were playing it. I think it might have been Centipede 2 or something like that, because it was definitely Space mm. Invaders 2. Um, and then they had a bunch of consoles set up and uh, played some Pod Racer, which I haven't played in a very long time. Well, as uh, Spriter and Metwinge in the chat room both point out, uh, Valve didn't do anything, but the Black Mesa team did release the Zen trailer for their redo so 
that's the end of the game. That's nearly done. <laughs> Uh, also, Phil wants, uh, is asking the question that I think is on all of our minds who have been, uh, well, who have seen the photos you've been posting from your trips. What the fuck's with the the swordfish jaws or whatever they were? Oh, oh, for my photos. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the, the Under little... romance and mystery. <laughs> the, uh, was... Crimes. 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 Crimes is understandable. Romances was a little harder it, to understand. I, I, could, I could have shown you another display as well, which was uh, foreign languages, and it was, a, it was a tank full of stuffed fish. Some really abstract labelling there. Was that deliberately surreal? Well, basically, it was all taking place at the Derby Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you a little idea of Derby, I, I met up with a friend of mine there, um, and when I said, when he said, where shall I meet you? I said, I'm at the museum. And his response was, we have a museum? <laughs> um, oh, Derby. Yeah, oh. but it was in like, the, li- the library part at the back of it, and so it was an old library. And what's really cool, though, like, if you look up at the second floor, which we couldn't get to, there was a whole bunch of just like um, old Edwardian like clothing and suits of armor and shit all up there and like mm. old uh, things. But on the ground floor, all the like the bookcase stands had all been had all their stuff taken out and replaced with various exhibits, including those giant spiky paddle things. Yeah, but they hadn't taken down the signs that had the section for whatever the books were that were in the library at the time. Right. So there was, for example, romances and a big spiky paddle, or crime and a big spiky paddle. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were a lot of other weird ones around there. Um, mostly huh. I was just yeah, trying to sort of jump and flit from one video game to another, and we got we got videotaped uh, playing Mortal Kombat 2. Oh, nice. Which i terrible at. Still terrible <laughs> at, after all these years. I don't get the Mortal Kombat slash... Uh, injustice um, fighting style system. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I really, really wanted to for the MK versus DC stuff. Because, um, you know, DC. Mm. But Mortal Kombat games feel so weirdly slow. Yeah, yeah I think it's because we're so used to Dead or Alive, mm. which is very fluid and intuitive. Like, Mortal Kombat, if you know how it works, you can make it look really impressive and really yes. slow. But if you don't, it's just punch kick punch. i have the same problem with tekken as well but i used to i used to know how to be able to play tekken and then i came back to it after like a 10 year hiatus and went oh god it's so slow <laughs> and yes the pictures of uh, the derby uh, retro games that we were referencing are on our facebook search for dangerously unprepared on facebook are they or did uh, i put them on our um did i put them on my own facebook uh i'm i'm sure no, at least one of the, the retro the, gaming the ones was, was on was the two on radar ones yeah. on there yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also our Twitter is unprepared show to answer Sprite's question, but there's no photos of it there. You have a Twitter? <laughs> we do. Unprepared uh, show. Find our Twitter on twitch.tv slash Twitter slash dangerously unprepared TV. <laughs> You're almost right. You can find our Twitter from twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared because we have a bunch of social media links down there. Yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, that's good. It's good. You can't see me putting my hands on my hips here, but yeah. Who did you play as in MK2? Uh, I was Reptile, who was my favourite when I was younger. Oh, fair uh, enough. And then second playthrough round, I went with Scorpion. I Scorpion's think, a good choice. I think because it timed out whilst I was going through. Oh no, I also played a third... Oh, Jesus, I played a third game where I played as um, Sub-Zero. Like, so I basically just went through all the different... All the colour swap ninjas. The colour swap ninjas. <laughs> and I got very proud of myself because I still remembered how to do his um, shum 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 ice thing. Ah. Huh. I was um, always a Sonya Blade type myself. Oh, yeah. 
well, that was weird. What, what was you, weird? I just what, have, what have you done? I just received a, a message on on my Xbox from mine from the from I guess Microsoft but from Minecraft saying, "Happy Block Friday! Here is a four pound gift card." Block Friday. Yeah. So they gave me four pound oh, credit yeah. for the for the Xbox Live Store. Well, Block Friday is coming up, I guess. Yeah, it's payday for me. Well, oh, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. <laughs> I just got given a four quid voucher for nothing. Like, awesome. Thanks, guys. I, uh, yeah, I had, <laughs> I had a conversation about Black Friday where it was just like, oh, God, it's payday, and all these things are going to happen, and, like, games are going to have to sale, and people are like, but Black Friday, like, it just isn't a thing here. And I'm like, I know that, and you know that, <laughs> but the, the companies that sell things, the retailers, they don't know that. It's like a... It's like any Hallmark holiday. It's spread because it's a possibility to make money. Yeah. But uh, I, I was about to say that... Yeah, yeah, Jack, you dick. Overwatch you is, is going to be ridiculously cheap. Um, but then, of course, by the time this comes out as a podcast, which is when most of our listeners <laughs> will hear it, uh, you'll have missed the opportunity to buy Overwatch for like a fiver. The after the fact, yes. For yeah. a fiver? Yeah, it's uh, on a free week. And then for Black Friday, I think it's going down to a, like a fiver. Hmm. Who doesn't already yeah. have that though? I have it on console, not on PC. Yeah, a bunch of people don't have it on PC. I don't have it on PC, but I don't know if my laptop would run it. Ah, but for a fiver, you'll have it when you have a computer that yes, can run it. That's that's. <laughs> Damn, <Yeah. laughs> you've got a point there. And it's also, I'm sure there will be a significant number of sales of second accounts. That's what yeah. I did when it went really cheap once, as I bought a second account for like a tenner. Because hmm. sometimes it's useful. Like before, they allowed you to hide your career profile. I have nearly three hundred hours on Diva. Wow! Uh, so if I'm playing competitive, and I pick anyone but Diva, because she's very on meta, and I have nearly three hundred hours, people will go, "The fuck are you doing? You're a Diva main. Play Diva." Uh, so it's nice to be able to go into a game with a blank slate and just pick soldier or something and not have someone climbing up your ass for yeah. wanting to play something other than your main. It's sort of be Ash now for you. Oh, God, yeah, but I, like it'll take a while before Ash has more hours than D.Va, yeah. don't you worry. It'll take at least 300 hours. And that's assuming I play no D.Va in the meantime, and that's not going to happen. I mm. do love all the uh, speculation towards the holiday skins for Bob. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. I can see him as a giant gingerbread man. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that would be For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um I was gonna say the the other thing about the, the retro video game fair was that they also had a little side section set up where um you could um uh what's called go and watch eighties uh, movies. Which eighties mm. movies? Uh well when when I was there they, they had we saw the tail end of the Goonies. Okay, and good choice. Was, and then it was going to start with Weird Science after that. Ah, another good film. Um, but the problem with it was it was not really separated out from the video game part of things. It was like, right. It was around a corner, um, so you couldn't really hear the film. Nah. Uh, which is a shame, because I was really looking forward to going in there at about, you know, about 10, 9, 10 p.m. and watching Die Hard. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Awesome. Um, but just, you, you've probably seen Die Hard enough you don't need to really hear it. You know what? I think I've seen Die Hard all the way through once. 
Really? Really. Is like, it one of those, is it one of those situations where it. you see like the start or the middle or the end? I, I always see like the, the beginning and then I get like called away somewhere or I always find it's on TV and I catch up with it. It's on like the plus one next show and it's like the last 20 minutes of it. Mm. Sure. So I think I've sat down and actually watched it front to back once. And that might have even been like the 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 TV cut. So he doesn't say yippee motherfucker. He says yippee <laughs> Mr. Falcon. <laughs> so I, like i've definitely seen two more than i've seen one really I've, yeah. I've, I've seen one a lot more than two i've never seen two i've seen three and i've seen four i have seen two and more than once because uh back when i was doing the air training course stuff mm. uh the airbase we went to the rec room mm. had a theme for all the films uh-huh. that were available, uh, all the DVDs, they all featured air, air-related air disasters. So Die Hard okay. 2 was on the list because, of course, it's an airport yeah. hijacking. Yeah. <laughs> so there was Alive was on there. There was... Uh, Con Air. You, uh, Con Air, yep. And anything pretty much that you can think of with an airport or a plane disaster, that was their entire library. <laughs> air Force One, get off my plane. They, they were pricks. <laughs> wow. We loved them. Amazing. So yeah, that was it. Was a good weekend. I love the TV edit for um, Die Hard Free when it comes to the sandwich board scene. Oh, I hate people. <laughs> I've seen that. And I've just seen blank. Oh, okay, it's literally just a blank, it's a blank on both sides. <laughs> oh, it's kind of like, go, but, but what? I mean, oh man, he's going out there making absolutely no statement whatsoever. <laughs> he's gonna get himself killed. <laughs> I, I love the they way- hate fence sitters round here. <laughs> I don't know, like the blank one. You could maybe make some kind of reference to the fact that they are playing up the whole racial tension of Harlem and that kind of thing, and like uh, it, it's just that you know he is the wrong guy to be in that part of town, kind of thing. Yeah, but like. The, the edit where they change it to I hate, hate people, people. people. <laughs> it, and they get really upset with him it just looks like they're really really pro people because to be honest <laughs> if I saw a dude walking around wearing an I hate people sandwich board like regardless of any racial tension in the area I'd just look at it and go fair fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> bitch me too <laughs> so I, yes we sh- actually had a topic yeah oh, for, how the hell do I segue this one <laughs> well, you could say, speaking of racial tensions. Oh, shit! Hey! Yes! <laughs> uh, speaking of racial tensions in fake Germans. Yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. Yes! Perfect. <laughs> so, long-time listeners will know we are fans of the uh, World of Darkness series of tabletop role-playing games. Uh, although, I have to admit, I don't have 5th edition. <laughs> no. Formatics. There's a reason for that. Mm. Uh, that's partly what we wanted to talk about today. Uh, I would like to apologise in advance for this one. Like, I, I mentioned it as an idea, and then instantly I was like, this is probably not the sort of topic we should be dangerously unprepared about. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, this is going to yeah. get really real. So I, I, I yeah. promise everybody now, there will be a lighter bit at the end. Uh, well, we're going to... Let's not dwell on the shit. Yeah. Um, let, let's establish the problems, but talk around the subject yeah. rather than talk in an uninformed way about the darker parts of it. Yeah. And yes, Spriter, this is definitely something you've been talking about on the Discord. Mm. Uh, but yeah, something we followed, I think, for ourselves because White Wolf Vampire 
Um, I, I was really looking forward to a new edition of this game, and then then we started to learn about it, and oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. Um, I think also this episode could probably potentially look in, we, we could come back to a very similar kind of feel on this episode of just like, you know, nerds, we have a problem, like, yeah, and looking at the sort of the darker aspects of sort of geek communities and things like that, because and it's, I mean, it's, a, it's not restricted to nerds by any means. No, no, no. But, but the general I mean, emboldening of shithead behavior in society at large is definitely showing itself disproportionately in the nerd community. Yeah, and there's three. I mean, look at the 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 the, the tripartite the, tri the, the the picture three that we have here. We are look at the look at the diversity on this panel right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just sit here and stare for a second. Yeah, pretty pretty white over here. Pretty yeah. white hanging out on the dangerously unprepared stream, and <laughs> we're we're very aware of that. Goddamn Anglo-Saxons. <laughs> yeah, and the Viking. Um. <laughs> I've forgotten that. <laughs> oh, classics. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. I I first sort of saw the shine coming off of fifth edition with that blog post someone put together, kind of assembling the slightly edge lord tendencies of some of the stuff in the first draft of the first fifth edition rule book yeah uh, which i shared with you guys i remember yeah yeah was, i uh, um i remember reading through that and at, at first i was looking at it and thinking they're like I, maybe they're reaching a little bit with a couple of things to begin with and as i just kept reading more and more it was, I was like Shit. Yeah, Zoe gave them the benefit of the doubt on that one because yeah. it, it is a personal horror game. It is a game that deals with dark shit. Um, and they're not talking about anything that doesn't exist, but there is... Uh, I mean, it's... One of the things that's made a big deal of in that write-up is the... Um, is it the Brujan neo-Nazi archetype? They talk oh, about? Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the first time neo-Nazism and vampires have been associated in the world of darkness law, by any means. Uh, it's just one of those things that's a, maybe a little bit more delicate to write about right now yeah. in the world. Um, also, like, in, in you know, Revised Ed and Second Ed, the old vampire game, and the yes. old werewolf game as well, they really mostly stuck to like your classic actual na Nazis, not your neo-Nazis, Yeah, uh, a lot of the time, with like the Tremere and the, the Geta Fenris and stuff like that. Mm. Um, which, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of RPGs and games about beating the shit out of Nazis. Oh, for sure. Um, so th this was just a game where it was like, yeah, certain, certain character archetypes were on the side of the Nazis back then. That's, that's for you to make your peace with as a gamer. Yep. Um, yeah. Now it's just kind of like, cause you can look at it and go, right, well, yeah, vampires are evil, but we're sort of, you can play the modern character looking back at that and going, well, those guys were dickheads hmm. <laughs> it's i don't think anyone was expecting anyone to actually play a nazi character yeah and and then there was the the play test that came with some pre-rolled characters which i've played uh and one of the pre-rolled characters was just a straight-up pedophile yep that was removed <laughs> from the play test that uh, cj ran for us yep and that was a bit more evidence that this was a bit Going into the edge lord territory because I'll be honest, White Wolf have never been not edge lords. 
Absolutely. Again, going back to the Tremere thing, like uh, fucking oh, is it Himmler. There's there is one one of the fucking top tier dickhead Nazis was in the was in the the Tremere clan book. Or oh, Ber- for sure. Yeah. Or Berlin by night. I forget which one it was. Yeah. And, and as Phil points out, Wraith had an Auschwitz source book. Yeah. Right. So. Ah, uh, uh, the Showa source book is a really complicated one. Of, mm. I mean, that is massively understating the. <laughs> but like, yes. Uh, it, besides the whole sort of, like, if you look at it just from the 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 the, the face value of, it, of saying right, there is the game where you play as ghosts, and there is a source book for dealing with the Holocaust. Like, okay, that is clearly edge lord bullshittery there. Yes, but once you, because I've read that book. The first chapter of it is them basically going, no, seriously, is this okay that we're doing this? Here's our here's our thought process on why we're doing this, because up until the point of this going published, we're still sitting here thinking, maybe this isn't okay, uh, maybe we shouldn't do this. And um, the... Basically, it's, it's sort of them talking to various um, people around various um, Jewish institutions, museums and stuff like that in the United States and in Europe, and basically saying, look, this is what we're thinking of doing. Yeah. As a means of people telling stories, as a as a medium of, um, you know, like any other media, like films or, or, um, or art or that sort of stuff, is this, do you think, an acceptable way or a, a potentially... Um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Like, um, is this a respectful way of doing it? Because we don't want it to just be we're making a game about Auschwitz. It's them going, we want people to be able to sort of tell the stories yeah. of this. Role playing and, games are yeah. frameworks and canvases that people use to tell their own stories, and these historical things exist. So there is an argument to be made for coming at it in a respectful, tactful way. Yeah if possible, for sure. And that whole sort of opening chapter is basically them saying, that is our goal here, but if you, if you the reader, looking at this on the bookshelf of the, the bookshop, don't want to go into that and you don't think this is respectful, please put this down. Don't, don't, buy, yeah. don't just, well, we won't, no one's going to judge you for not wanting to buy the fucking book called Showa. You know? yeah, well, yes. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, but it, I, I, Again, as much as there was a whole... Sh- the, the Edgelord stuff never went away from White Wolf. But I like that that opening chapter was them saying, look, we know, and this isn't just about the whole Edgelord thing. This is... We, we have a reason for doing this and we want to be respectful about this. You can be the final arbiter on whether we are or not. But just know we're not doing this for the shock... Fa- or we're not just doing this for the shock factor. I'm sure there was probably some level of the shock factor there. Just a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. So I, uh, that's like people always bring that book up, and I'm always like, it's it's kind of an obvious target, and also a really good example of they do have writers on the staff that do know what they're doing. Yeah, um, yep. there are other much more hidden ones in there, which are a lot more fucking. There, there's a lot less to sort of save saving graces about a lot of other uh, books that they've done. Yes, for sure. Um. They have always been edgelords. They have always dealt with darker, more problematic, more edgelordy stuff because that's kind of the nature of the beast when you're doing contemporary horror. But in that way of the way society's been kind of seeing a surge 
of emboldening of people with certain right-wing viewpoints and in the same way as the YouTube algorithm pushes you from conspiracy theory videos about Flat Earth into outright alt-right recruitment if you let it run long enough, the edgelordery huh. has risen. Yeah. And now it's now it's in our video games and our role playing games. <laughs> I mean, it's always like, been there. So yeah, it wasn't there. always fucking there. But <laughs> I, yeah, the the latest thing that we are talking about right now is uh, White Wolf outright including uh, the Chechnyan, uh, I guess, extermination of LGBT people as a. A fun and wacky backdrop to vampiric nonsense. <laughs> White Wolf literally walked up to the front of everyone, put the gun to their head, and pulled the trigger. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's it. Uh, you know what? That's the thing as well. It's like it's not really even being sort of introduced as this fun and wacky thing. It's not introduced as being a crazy conspiracy theory thing. It's just like this is the way the world is, and oh, it's it's a dark and terrible thing in in the world. So you know we shouldn't be able to shy away from it. It's like no, that's. Just smashing into something head on and not tiptoeing around it—that's not dealing with something in a respectful yeah. manner. Yeah, but yeah, you, that's, you, that's fairer to say. Yeah, you, you can say if they'd said, "Oh, but if we'd ignored it, we'd have been, you know, ignoring the problem." That's just as bad. And like, eh, not not necessarily. Like, I don't think anyone is gonna would have noticed if you hadn't included a section about Chechnyan death camps. <laughs> no, in your I mean, game, they they could easily have just put in an aside about certain vampiric organizations being responsible for atrocities occurring in Europe in the 20th century. Yeah. You know, that's that covers it. And that's all that, you need to say, but they decided that we needed a lot more explicit detail than that. And that's the thing as well. Again, going back, I keep coming back to fucking Berlin by night because a lot of it does touch on the fact you know, you're yeah. having immortal characters who live in Berlin that probably would have been there throughout the 20th century. All right, we got to talk about Nazis. Um they very, very specifically have always, White Wolf, have always gone with World War Two. like both World Wars were human issues. They were caused yes. by humans doing terrible things to humans and absolutely supernatural beings profited massively in this, oh, this yeah. dark world. From it. They were there, they were exploiting the horror, but it was a human war. Yeah. Um, like the, the Holocaust was a human invention. No, no vampire was sitting at the top of the thing with you know puppet strings. There was no Machiavellian Sabat sitting there going, "Do you know what would be fun?" Yeah, and it's like they they will have a bunch of horrifically low humanity characters who will absolutely have profited from this and will have maybe not guided things, but like you know maybe stoked the fires a little bit. Oh, let's see how long we can keep this going. But they very they were very very clear to say that you know humans did this. Yes. Um, this isn't a supernatural issue. Um, they also like quite avoid the whole like Nazis and supernatural stuff for a lot of it, mm. um, which I thought would have been a much more sort of way for them to go. I've not yeah, read you'd think they'd the lean into it, considering yeah. that that's one of the things that so many people lean into. Look at Hellboy. Yeah, I think mm. maybe that might have come up in different game lines, but I don't remember seeing anything for it in Vampire or Werewolf. It might... Mm. I know there's a, there's a section in the later Hunter, uh, The Vigil, which okay. is about it's called there's a group called like the Society of Fuel. And they're basically they used to be all about um sort of ancient uh, old worldy Germanic folklore and legend and stuff like that. Yeah. And nowadays they are all about A hunting supernatural beings and B hunting Nazis. 
Okay. They're like, we hunt, we hate supernatural beings because they're preying on humanity, and we hate Nazis because they ruined German folklore <laughs> history. And now we can't, we can't I mean, say we're fair. interested in this shit anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah that, that's, uh, for sure. It was, it, was the same, it, was, it was another big problem that um, Tolkien had with, with the Nazis. It's just like, you yep. guys are ruining ancient Anglo Saxon <laughs> history. Well, it's, oh, God, look at the, uh, there's a lot of people doing it for Norse mythology now. Yes, yeah. Making that's not it true. Mm, yeah. so associated with the right wing. Nazis. Yeah. And th this that will then, I think, again, tie into this whole thing of this is our thing, you know, like nerd culture, mm. you know, video games. This is our thing. Stop it, Nazis. Like people who love, <laughs> people who love like Nordic culture, you know, and, and, and history. Stop fucking ruining it up, Nazis. It's a problem I keep coming across because of my love of like, you know, nerdly stuff, video games. Country music. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. if, if you wonder what we're talking about when we say there is this problem in nerd culture at the moment, a perfect example is the fact that when it first came out, the original Wolfenstein Nazis <laughs> as the bad guys, because mm. who could possibly object to that? There are yeah. two things you can kill. Nazis and zombies, and no yep. one will have a problem with that. When the most recent Wolfenstein came out, with Nazi-occupied America... A lot of people were like, well, that's just insulting to a lot of Americans. I'm like, uh, is it? Are you Nazis? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's what we mean. Uh, we've gotten to the point where now people are objecting to Nazis being the villains in video games. That's, that's not a good sign. I, and I, you see all these people still saying, oh, you know, it's, 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 it's the, logical progression of what people used to say when they were like oh political correctness gone mad it's like oh the the leftists constantly saying everything's a nazi and all this sort of stuff. like if we've reached a point where people are objecting to nazis being the bad guys in something we've reached a point where there is a fucking problem <laughs> yes <laughs> that was yeah. that's the one universal truth we had but the good news is that um white wolf hasn't been an independent company for a long time. Uh, it was originally bought out by CCP, uh, the developers behind EVE Online, who tried to do an MMO with it, spectacularly failed and sold it. But this might be for the best, because I'm not sure a company who held a release party for EVE in uh, like one of Iceland's only fetish clubs, uh, because uh, I'm not sure they would have been as quick to rein in edgelord behavior. They may have been. I may be completely off the mark there. Like, God knows I'm not associating anyone's interest in fetishism with an interest in uh, problematic right-wing politics. Yes, yeah. I would be yeah. saying that about myself. Let's be, <laughs> let's be fair. Um, but they have their own edgelord tendencies is what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. Uh, because doing it is one thing. Doing it very publicly and making it your image and brand is another. Yeah. Uh, they are now owned by Paradox Interactive, who, in fairness, have good experience dealing with the problematic right-wing elements of a fan base, what with their Hearts of Iron game, yeah. uh, and Europa Universalis, and Stellaris, of course. And immediately um, made all white, and they were like, no, you can't yep. make all white, you can make all one race that's fine yep zoe is telling the story of mods that came out for stellaris that uh you could turn the human species into white only with a mod and that uh, mod got banned uh, 
And then a mod came out that split all the different ethnographies into their own races, but included them all, and that was fine. Okay, yeah. Because there's no reason you can't make a game of Stellaris where there is sort of a European space agency, an Indian space agency, an African space agency that all launch separate missions, and uh, now you have nation states in space. That's fine. It was the white supremacist mod that was a problem. (laughs) Funny that. Funny that, yes. Um, and Paradox have, have dealt with this quite well in that they've basically looked at White Wolf, smacked the wolf on the nose with a rolled up newspaper and gone, no, bad. <laughs> you don't get to write the source books anymore. Yeah, also, it- we're coming in to directly manage you and you are going to be basically sort of rules people and law consultants and we will hire the people we want to write. The, I've got to say the the damage control and the response um, uh, by them has been fucking phenomenal. I there's I don't think there's anything more I could have asked a company to do when stepping in on this sort of thing. Like, well, like I said, Paradox specialize in grand strategy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> their their specialty is taking a nation slash race and conquering other nations slash races with it. And in Hearts of Iron especially, that means in a specifically World War II context. Yeah. So they're kind of used to a certain kind of edgelord behaviour. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it's the fact that like so many other companies you could see ha- where this this would play out yeah. is that... Not you know, to mention even conversations between SJWs like me and Tom can sound a bit iffy when we're talking about Crusader. That is true. I can't think of anyone more lefty than Zoe and Tom. And when they get talking about their Europa Universalis campaigns, it doesn't sound a bit wrong out of context. (laughs) Crusader King, where I I have kidnapped this concubine. Yes. (laughs) But it's like... um, And now she's mad at me. It's the fact that you you, you start with the the initial problems that came out from, you know, their their tweets, their... their, um, the background of the various new sort of top of the ladder had and all the stuff that came out of Vampire 5th edition. And yeah. you had then uh, Paradox stepping in and going, right, we're fucking watching you. We are on this. Don't mess this up. And literally, I can think of so many other companies that would have just been like, yeah, we're watching this. We're going to keep a close eye on it and then done nothing and would have occasionally said, we're watching you as they continue to Or not up. even we're watching you. Uh, maybe yeah. just the classic Twitter apology of we're sorry if you were offended. Yeah, exactly. Hello, good old games, as Spriter mentions in the yeah. chat room. And then the moment, the moment something goes wrong, the moment they fuck up and do something, just they just jump on it and like, right, no, shut it down, we're stopping this, that doesn't go out, we're going to refix this, you're fired, you're fired, you're moving into this section, split this up, and they just... It was amazing. It was... So refreshing to see. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it all down. Well, as the guy was saying, and I, I couldn't help but notice, he said, um, this has always been the plan in terms of White Wolf no longer writing the books. Yeah. And said, we have just brought the timetable forward. <laughs> yeah. So they they may have predicted this. I think it was just a case of, we, we, let's let them write their thing so that when they fuck up, <laughs> we can be right that's it you've you've proven you can't be trusted yeah they may have been giving them some rope yeah yeah um, I, or it may literally have been that this was the plan uh and they had a timeline and then this happened and they were like oh fuck it no it yeah. happens now 
we, we've already got this this set of bullet points we're going to go through. We might as well just start it because at the point that like, oh Jesus, have we actually explained what the the issue was that kicked everything off? That like in in detail, like what was said? Not in detail, no. Do do we want to, or should we let people go to the Twitter? I, on I kind of don't. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, if it's... you're interested in the explicit details of what was published and what was said, it's out there. Uh, I would much rather keep Dangerously Unprepared a positive place <laughs> rather than repeating that shit. Um, so it's out there if you're curious. I, I certainly don't want to be the one to read it out, do you? No. No, so no. there we go. <laughs> um, suffice to say, they, they wrote some very, very, very stupid shit. Yeah, um, they really did. And now that stupid shit is being taken away and rewritten so that it isn't stupid shit anymore. Yes, the sales stopped immediately. The books are being edited to remove the bad bits. Uh, quite how it got through are, uh, uh, is a mystery to me in the first place, but uh, the, the next releases will not contain it, which unfortunately does mean, because of the nature of the thing, that the unedited first edition with all that shit in will become a valuable commodity in the tabletop gaming community. Yeah, but at the same at the same pace, anyone that's advertising their if they want to sell it or whatever it is, anyone that's advertising their copy as the one with the Chechenian death camps in, <laughs> like they're basically putting yeah. on a big badge that says, you know, I am an absolute cunt. Unless you're selling it because you're saying I don't want to own it, but it is a piece of history. If if you if you want to own it, I guess I can profit off is it. That, is that that thing of it exists? Yeah. yeah. And yes, uh, links to the details of the story are available on our Discord, which yes. you should join, and the link is down there if you're watching. On twitch.tv slash dangerously. Because this is a, a good example of an episode that is arising from a conversation that occurred within the community on our Discord server, so mm. that's why you should join. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I, I want we've, we've covered that. That was shit. Very shit. But... Now Paradox are getting more directly involved in the running of White Wolf. Uh, maybe we can talk about other things Paradox could do with the IP now that they own it. Video games! Video games! Because that is what they do. And what they do is grand strategy. Which is interesting, because I, I, I struggle to think of like a lot of longevity on mixing white wolf uh, uh, the world of darkness rather with grand strategy really because i mean to me it was fucking mind it was galaxy brain obvious the moment the purchase was announced because you look at crusader kings right Mm -hmm. so that is a game where you can start with a fairly minor noble in a county in england and follow through centuries of history until a vast empire sprawling across Europe is formed. Mm-hmm. And in Crusader Kings, obviously, it's all about inheritance. You know, you build heirs and yep, take dynasty. over from the. What if it was the same person? Ah, uh, so like a Methuselah. So you basically play the. God, I really hope they. I don't know if they've changed the name of it or not. The Jihad, the, the <laughs> Secret War of the Vampires. Yeah, um, as, as a grand strategy game. And you can start as a pretty minor character. You can start as a vamp and build up to maybe a sheriff of a region and then a primogen, and then you can take your region and conquer another. 
uh, and have the primogen of a neighbouring region owe fealty to you, and all the same political intrigue and backstabbing that last centuries, but it's the same character. It's just, you know, you're building your clan's power, mm. you're building the Camarilla or Sabat's power, and your clan's power, and your personal power, and your childer power. And you, know, you, you, it, so, you yeah. embrace children and then put them in positions of power, but will they betray you? Will they form their own alliances with your enemies to try and depose you? It's it's obviously grand strategy. Yeah, actually. With one character following through centuries of history and politics and backstabbing and social climbing. It's the perfect game for them. Yeah, okay, fair point. Fair point. Yeah, it, it just struck me immediately as like, oh, this is this is the thing you should be doing. <laughs> I think that would only possibly only work for Vampire, though. Yes, but I mean, Vampire is by far my favourite. Oh, yeah. Um... I I know it's not necessarily yours, but it is my favourite by far. I'm wondering, actually. I'm like, oh, is it, though? I'm thinking it's like a coin flip in my head, because there's Werewolf as well. And the thing is, I don't know if it would work only for Vampire. I could see them doing it as a Vampire Grand Strategy game, Hmm. But then having a DLC with werewolf clans, where you don't play the same werewolf, uh, it would all be uh, lineage and inheritance and bloodlines, in much the same way Crusader Kings is. You know, you would be actually building up heirs and following a family lineage. But they could exist in the same world, fighting for resources and territory from the vampires, and it could go back and forth, you know, oh, don't go to France, it's mostly werewolf. Uh, oh, no, it looks like the vampires have taken Brittany. Uh, I can see that working really well. Yeah. I just saw a note in the chat as well of what sort of games would the other ones be good as. That I is think, a good question. I think werewolf would be fantastic as, like, a... Um, Jack, you'll, you'll remember this one, a Splatterhouse-style, mm. sort of mm. 3D, arcade hack and slash beat up thing but multiplayer mm. so you get some sort of like uh pack tactics in there yeah um that would work. I, I would honestly love to see a survival horror changeling game yeah, that would be good because that could be fucking terrifying you know the new changeling um which oh, actually yeah it would be new changeling but it's old vampire mm. i'm so confused <laughs> um, <laughs> other game lines you've got you've got wraith um, Wraith is just too depressing to make any kind of video game out of. I think Wraith, Wraith only works as like a let's try and do a tabletop game of this, play one session, be too sad. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone goes home. Geist, Geist is great, but I think really works best as either an RPG or a uh, Netflix original miniseries. Yeah, true, true. Um, But I mean, it is worth pointing out that obviously Paradox's thing as a developer is grand strategy, and that lends itself really well to Vampire. It lends itself, I think, pretty well to Werewolf. But they are also a publisher with close relationships with certain other developers. Lots of other developers, yeah. Most notably, for my mind, speaking of would work as an RPG, Obsidian Entertainment. Oh! Who you may know from from minor little games that they've put out over the years, like Knights of the Old Republic Two. You know the better <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Neverwinter Nights Two. You know the better Neverwinter Nights, uh, Fallout New Vegas. You know the better modern Fallout game. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Pillars of Eternity. Uh, I think they could do something with the World of Darkness property. They definitely do some good RPGs, yeah. They do. Yeah. That's all they do. That is oh, what damn. they do. <laughs> oh my god, what if we got a new vampire RPG? I know. It's been 14 years since Bloodlines. <laughs> it's been 83 years. <laughs> but like, I think if you think about this, right? 14 years ago, Bloodlines came out. Yep. 14 years before that, Vampire the Masquerade first edition was first coming out. Like, yeah. We are, we are as far now from Bloodlines as Bloodlines was from Vampire first seeing the, I was going to say the light of day, but that's probably like a. Shit, uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's weird, right? That ah, that is that is pretty weird. Although I I believe I don't know if it's been cancelled. It might have been shit canned a long time ago. But I I was under the impression that uh, Cyanide Studios, who made Blood Bowl, mm. uh, were working on a werewolf game. I believe that is true. Licensed to them by Paradox, and unfortunately, Spriter has just put a massive hole in my uh, Obsidian and World of Darkness oh. ship. Yeah, uh, yeah. Obsidian just got mm. bought by Microsoft, so they will not be getting published by Paradox no more. I don't think. Ah, uh. ooh. Oh well. But they know other developers too. <laughs> but yes, uh, Cyanide Studios did have the license to work on a werewolf game, and last I heard, that was still ongoing. Uh, I've just googled Cyanide Werewolf, um, which it turns out is not a thrash metal band. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it is now. That yeah. is the name of my new thrash metal band. <laughs> uh, there is a Werewolf the Apocalypse official video game website. There is. I've just gone to it and just gone, God damn it, Cyanide Studios, stop being so goddamn French. Ev <laughs> everything is in English, but there is an accent over the first E in developer. Like, is that? It's like genre, platforms, publisher, release date, and then developer. <laughs> like, God damn it, Cyanide! Okay, I'm, I'm looking at the werewolf-videogame.com oh, and I'm I do not at, see that. I'm looking at cyanidestudio.com forward slash werewolf, ah. which is a much sparser website. I don't think it is, because the website I'm looking at literally just has the Werewolf the Apocalypse, the official video game logo. It's about the same on the other one. Yeah, okay. So it's supposed to be happening in 2018. I'm just really annoyed by the accent over developer. Uh, they haven't got long left if it's supposed to be happening in 2018. Yeah, I'm fairly certain this is, uh, it's not going to happen, is it? No, I think this might get delayed. Delayed is, is a polite way of putting it. I'm sure something will come out eventually. We'll see. <laughs> we will. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh... The future could be bright, I guess, for, for the video games and whatnot. There's definitely a lot of potential there. And I feel like White Wolf is in better hands now. I mean, it's it's certainly not in the hands it was in, so that's... It would have been hard to go in the wrong direction from that, that's true. Ah, uh, just... I, I, again, I, I keep bringing it up, but like uh, the amount of times we've seen companies not, a, either not do something about a problem within their um, releases or anything like that, or have exacerbated the problem. Yeah. It, it, it's almost surreal to see a company doing really well at this and putting doing the it fire right. <laughs> it, it certainly made me just go, right, I clearly need to buy more from Paradox because <laughs> they're a good company. I did see on the comment section of the, the White Wolf official website, like... For the most part, it is really, 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 really salty old 
uh, right-wing neckbeards. Obviously, yeah. Uh, obviously, that's going to happen. But there were a few really great comments on there, just going, "This is really refreshing. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy the new version when it comes out, just because <gasps> I want to give you guys money." Ooh, I'd forgotten about that. What's Paradox that? now own Hairbrain Schemes, who made the Shadowrun video games recently. Oh, which were extremely good. I've, I've played the first 10 minutes of it on my old laptop, which overheated and died. Oops. Um, so, but my new one can run mid-spec games. So, yeah. <laughs> and the Shadowrun games are pretty mid-spec because they're old-school isometric RPGs, so you should be fine with that. And um, Shadowrun Returns is pretty good. The sequels are extremely good. Like Dragonfall a, and Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know if they were, whether they were sequels or, like, uh, expansions. But I can see them doing something really good with World of Darkness. Hmm. They also did the BattleTech game, which was really good. <laughs> but I can't see like the BattleTech game format and World of Darkness fitting together in any real way. Not necessarily World of Darkness, but Scion. Mm, I'm just imagining a world where like demigods beat the shit out of giant robots. Okay. If you want to combine mean, the two, I'm on board. Yeah, I don't like, think it'll happen, but I would be not? there for that. Hephaestus has run amok and made a giant race of like killer robots. Yeah. You, the the last scions of Poseidon, I don't know, have to go and <laughs> just use your Aquaman powers to kick the shit out of giant robots. There we go. It writes itself. Or I was thinking sort of Pacific Rim style, like the oh. Titans come <laughs> back and we build giant robots to fight them. Yes. Wow. Do it. And of course, Paradox are also, right, this this Twitch channel that you are watching right now, if you are watching the Twitch channel, What's is the kind of twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared. Do you mean Thank that you. one? Yeah. Uh, is kind of paradoxy because we do Crusader King streams here and we also do City Skyline streams. Again, I can't see a way to shoehorn World of Darkness as an IP alongside that, but I would love to see a World of Darkness DLC for cities. That, no, that could totally work. If you're if you're a prince, you're running a city, right? I don't know how city skylines works. Is I mean, it... yeah, but I don't think the prince, you know, is deciding where to put the garbage dump and where to run the power lines. But but the prince would drop a water source in the middle of the city. The prince might drop a water source <laughs> in the middle of the city. That is true. Unless it's just city skyline world of darkness edition, which is basically like you build this wonderful city and then it's just like ah, now there's a plague. And also <laughs> demons, I guess. Uh, there's a mummy who's just woken up and is wrecking the museum. <laughs> yeah, it could be an expansion on the Natural Disasters DLC. Yeah, unnatural Spooky. disasters. Supernatural disasters. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> Do the Halloween. See, again, it writes itself. Don't ever let us make video games. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you made video games. I so did. did you. No, I... Did I? The RPG maker. Oh, that doesn't count. That was already made. I just used the resources to fashion a kind of... I guess that kind of counts. In the same way I'm not a writer, I just took words that already existed and put them in an order. <laughs> the dictionary really is... Once you've, once you've read that, you've read all books. Oh, yeah. And, ah. uh, I mean, that's kind God. of true. Spriter points out that uh, Magicka was published by Paradox as well. And as in Ars Magica? No, Magica, the oh, okay. video game. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I was going to say, because that loops back to White Wolf then. <laughs> getting Arrowhead to make a mage game could be interesting. 
Mage has a lot of scope for... I think the, the issue with Mage and a video game is that the scary stuff and the interesting stuff about Mage is the stuff that you can't see. Yeah. Like, new Mage, I, I, I'm not so keyed in with old Mage. It's like always listed as like the best game that no one ever played. It um, was a really good game. I loved Old Mage. Yeah, I loved the setting I, for it. And I just loved the... some of the shit that happened in games of Mage I played completely unintentionally, like uh, Cookie, who was dead, and whose um, <sighs> coven mates were keeping her alive with a combination that, of life and death magic. That's that's New Mage, though, because I was in that oh, game. That's, was that New Mage? That's Mage the Awakening. Mage, Mage the Ascension is the stuff with, ah, like... shit, it the, was uh, Awakening, wasn't it? Yeah, Mage the Ascension is the stuff with, like, the technocracy in it and secret labs on the moon, uh, and stuff like that. All of which is also cool. It's brilliant, yeah, um, but mad. Mad as a box of fish. Um, well, mad as a badger on a stick. Yeah, I, mostly what I remember from Old Mage was that... Uh, you remember um, Paradox? <laughs> there we go. Like, as, as, <laughs> yes. as a mage, Paradox. <laughs> yeah. When you cast vulgar magic that's really obvious, and it, like, causes... Causes a paradox. And, like, you might start bleeding from the eyes, or you might catch fire or explode or something. Yeah. Um, there was a type of mage that basically was essentially like a wild mage, mm. and their signature thing, they weren't, you couldn't play them as a, as a PC, they were like a specifically an NPC antagonist type thing, and their signature thing was paradox happened to people around them, not to them. Yes. So as it was described, it's, so when Larry the Cyber Barbarian comes rampaging down Times Square on the back of a giant T-Rex with his laser shooting crystal sword... It's not his problem. It's society's <laughs> problem. <laughs> Although, was it that same game? Because uh, there was a similar kind of paradox effect um, in New Mage. Yeah. Where you cast whatever you were doing successfully, but it happened to someone else. Yes, or it happened to yourself, or there was a weird additional effect to it. Yeah. It got a bit more creative with how paradox kind of happened it wasn't always just you get hurt because i do remember the hilarious moment when someone cast death sight which allows you to <laughs> see spirits and yeah. such and it according to the person who cast it failed according to the poor person it worked on it was the worst day of their life wow i i love i love mage i forget what i was going with oh yes like the, the antagonists in new mage are so strange like, uh, if you if you ever get a chance to look up the the just the antagonist book for Mage that they released, because some mm. of the sample monsters that you can come up against are things like uh, a mathematical equation that gains sentience <laughs> and is now basically just trying to figure itself out, and as it's doing so, it's unmaking reality. Huh. Um, or a house that's been sat on so many different sets of ley lines that the house has now basically... Um, becoming a magical entity unto itself yeah and and is like pumping paradox into the local areas so it becomes a kind of weird fun house where you go inside and like stairs that don't lead anywhere it's like if you've seen the animatrix it's yes. like the glitch house in that yeah. exactly as, essentially new mage you can look at the antagonists in that as being glitches in reality mm. so you can get really creative with it but some of them are so metaphysically weird um that yeah, like I said, there is that that um, mathematical equation. What is basically just trying to possess people to try and get them to figure itself out. So you can you only know what's going on when you find a whole bunch of burned out dead people that have starved to death writing equations across the walls and shit like that. Mm. 
So it's creepy and weird and great, but like, how the fuck do you fight that in a video game? Well, uh, I think it would fit really well with Hairbrained, because, I mean, if you look at Shadowrun, it's a combination of technology so advanced it can be perceived as magic, and mm. actual magic. So uh, they know what they're doing with that. They do yeah. good storytelling. I think they could do that very well. I kind of want to see that now. Hmm. Interesting. I like this mutant wish listing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always good to do a bit of mutant wish uh, wish listing. I think it, it, it washes the taste out of the mouth of the, the Nazis from earlier. It does, doesn't it? Shit, I brought a throw it back to the Nazis from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to like hear back from from the community over the next sort of couple of weeks or what have you. It's like, would people be interested in us having a kind of an actual, a real chat, like a down to earth? nerds we need to talk about this kind of issue or do you want us to just be a bit more fun happy go lucky uh, all mix <laughs> the two together i mean i would certainly prefer to be a bastion of positivity in this time i i think it's better to champion the things we love than talk about the bad but yeah the bad is there and if there is demand for it if people want us to get into it and do the serious chat i'm i will do it and equally, yeah. if people are like, don't do that, do not do that, we come here to laugh. Then that's uh, fine too. Yeah, that, we're more than okay with that. If people want us to get for reals. <laughs> we can do a separate podcast for that if needed. A, a very special episode. So oh god, yeah. Dark and demure. Yeah, we'll put all the lights out. I'll light it with candles! I'll tone shift the theme music into minor key. Ooh, what would that sound like? <laughs> we have theme music? Yes, we do. Oh, sweet. Is it good? Uh, it's alright. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and shit all over the, black, See, the brand. Ky Kyrie does not listen to our show, as you can tell. I'm already here! I know what's happening. What happened in the last episode, Kyrie? You talked about wrestling. Ah, uh, not for the whole show. You talked Just about at the wrestling beginning. at the beginning, and then after that you talked about... Uh, you discussed... Um, Quickly googling. I'm not googling. Why would I Google that? That's not going to turn up on Google. You discussed. No one helped them in the chat. Wait, you had a conversation about uh, Stanley and Marvel. Actually, didn't come up. No, you lied to me in the in the in the Facebook chat, which is what I was scrolling through trying to find out what you talked about. Actually, did not come up. Shit. So Stan Lee's dead. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. 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 We didn't mention it on the last episode because we didn't want to be a downer. No. Oh shit! What is it? With... I'm sorry. I'm have very... you seen what Netflix have done though? In response. No. So if you go onto Netflix and go to the search bar, if you enter Excelsior with an exclamation mark, it brings up everything Marvel. That's pretty cool. Aww. Yeah, I like that. As as There's been tribute. some amazing tributes. I've seen some beautiful graffiti murals going on. Oh, hmm. It's amazing artwork. Some yeah. amazing artwork. The, pragma really... the pragmatist in me does think that it would be faster to type in Marvel than it would to type in Excelsior. But carry on. I mean, pragmatically, yes. yes. But there's a sense of, you know, of honouring the legacy. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite tributes paid to Stan was actually from DC Comics. Oh yes. wow! Yeah, yeah that, they, which one was that? Because I saw one, I saw a few myself. I I think it was like the official DC as a company statement. Ah, right, right. 
where they were talking about you know everything he did for the business how comics would not be what they are without mm. him how anyone in the business even dc you know have to stand back take the hat off and go we owe so much to him mm. uh, i thought that was really really sweet of them i loved the the original six avengers taking the full page in the newspaper mm. for him sort of thing saying thank you for bringing us together essentially mm. yeah so again we can talk about it without being a downer because yeah. there has been so much positivity that has come out of everyone taking a moment to stop and reflect on how much he meant to them and how much his work meant to that them. that man was a, a constant source of inspiration and laughter for everyone there was there was a really 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 cheesy one that I saw that I, I was looking at and and literally like a tear in my eye and a little sniffle go that's so cheesy and lame how could anyone be affected by <laughs> it was it was like it was Stanley at the pearly gates and all that it's just the big booming voice from overhead saying you're not too bad at making universes yourself kid and I was like I like oh, that I've seen that's one. nice I've seen one where uh, it's sort of like meant to be like God and Jesus from the background, from the behind, talking to Stan, sort of thing, saying, he's a big fan holding <laughs> of Jesus holding a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like... It's... The Gates of Valhalla, that's another good one. We we lost Michael, but you know what? Damn good age to go. Yeah. yeah for great, sure. great, you can't look back at that life, at that like legacy and go, well, you know, if only he'd had a chance to really apply himself or something. <laughs> like, and, and whilst there is some, you know, sad revelations came out in recent years about the state of his life in the last few years of it, um, I, you know, you look at the work he was doing with cameos and uh, meet and greets and stuff right up to the end and mm. think, you know, there was good there right up until the end. He was still going to events and all sorts. Yeah. So, yeah. Would that I would be in any sort of shape competitive to that by the time I'm 95. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I will not have as much energy as no. that man by the time I'm 95. No, it's going to be... Uh... We're going to miss him, but... Oh, for sure. It, we, we can't say we didn't see it coming. Yeah, no, yeah. You know? Like every single time you saw his face when you were scrolling through a Facebook thing, like yeah. you'd be like, <gasps> oh, "Okay, all right, all right, he's okay." He's yeah, okay. he he's one of those names that can't, it couldn't trend without your heart just skipping a beat and going, yeah. "What? Oh no, it's okay." Yeah, it's like it's like me and Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no, no shit, no. I <laughs> Please let the curse not strike this time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just don't look it up yeah no that's fine we know he's alive it's fine yeah, we don't need to look it up exactly um well, on more positive news i've been playing the pokemans oh, i have also been playing the pokemans both of you yes yes well, simon been... was playing it before i was that's true like this side I've been playing Pokemon Heart Gold, so I've also been playing the Pokemans. That's one of the <laughs> best ones. Yeah, it is. It's so the I'm best told. one. I've never played it. And I no. made a I made a purchase. Oh. I, I made a, a, a slight purchase. I'm gonna go and pick it up. Okay. Uh-oh. Thing things are occurring. I mean things are always occurring, that's the nature of things. But yes, I, I did start playing before you. I started mm. not quite at midnight, 
No. <laughs> because I had, uh, first of all, to see if I could connect my Switch to this PC to stream it. And it turns out I could. Was it, uh, was it easy enough or was it? It was a little bit of toing and froing. That's why I didn't start at midnight. But <laughs> I, I, I got it there in the end. Um, yeah. Some weird behavior on my capture card, not mm. wanting to capture the audio through the HDMI. That, that's neither here nor there. That doesn't matter. But I started shortly after midnight on it and got the first hour done before I went to bed. Huh. <laughs> I, I got to the first gym. And yes. then I was like, now I'll go to bed. <laughs> No, my favorite actual meme to come out of it is actually to do with Brock. Because mm. it's, just, it's just someone did it uh, on one of their streams. And it's, when, he, when he starts the battle, he, go, he goes like this. And it's just Brockonda forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, Kyrie. This, this, this will make more sense to, to Jack, but. <gasps> How much did you pay for that? <laughs> not, not, not as much as you'd think. Okay, because um, for people listening to the audio-only version of sorry. this presentation, <laughs> Kyrie just held out a copy of the Pokemon Master Guide. So when I was little, oh, what do you mean about like 11, 12 years old? Uh, when Pokemon Blue was first coming out, well, and Red, I guess, but Blue is the better one. Um, there was a, ga a game book that came out from the Nintendo official magazine called the Pokemon Master Guide. And I got that book before I got Pokemon. So I got the walkthrough and I read through it a million <laughs> times before Christmas rolled around and I got my Game Boy Color and my, po my copy of Pokemon Blue. Um, so by the time it had rolled around, my weird brain had basically just memorized every single Pokemon <laughs> and what level they learn all their sure. moves and, and thing up because that's just how lame and yeah, um, sorry, amazingly like virile son of a bitch that I was. Um, and I, I remembered this book very, very recently. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I had this book when I was little. And, um, oh, yeah, like I, I should look into that because I'll get a bit of nostalgia from that. I'll sit down and listen to Now, That's What I Call Music 42, whichever one it was. <laughs> the, one with 60, the one with Eiffel 65 and the Venga Boys on it. And Wasn't I'll, that uh, most of them for about 10 years? <laughs> yeah, good point, actually. But, like, sit down, have a bit of nostalgia. Like, oh, I'll pop on Amazon or, or Pokemon sh uh, Google Shopping or something like that just to see how much the, the they're going for. I'm like, I'll pick, a, pick up a copy. And I go on to there and go, huh, £550. Yeah. God's sake, that's expensive. Yeah, is that that um, was like the near mint condition one? That was that was uh, yeah. yeah. Basically, that was that was uh, collector's edition one. Yeah. Um, this this one I've got here is collector's edition two. It was not five hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> no, I, I would hope not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like I saw it was like goddamn. I had that magazine, <laughs> and that I found that out the day I started packing to move. And having to make all those decisions of what do I throw away and what do I keep. Oh. And I'm like, well, I've just learned that something I threw away years ago is now worth half a thousand yeah. pounds. So now I don't want to throw anything away. <laughs> and so oh, it was, it was. Mm. Mine unfortunately got water damaged. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's just a magazine. Like, you yeah. get water anywhere near it. It's thin, you're, thin paper. And you're a kid, so you don't really look after stuff like that. Yeah. You certainly don't expect it to be worth 500 quid. No. <laughs> Somewhere down the line, no. But it's like, it's full of such amazingly helpful information. Like, remember to keep your master ball handy. 
Like, you'll want it if you want to catch your, your favorite Pokemon, like Fero. <laughs> There's only one of these balls in the game. <laughs> uh, so badly thought out, this thing. I love it so much. It's just <laughs> an amazing Oak says stuff in it. That's just I'm, I'm, it's, it's also like, so clearly written by the British like editor of the, the Nintendo magazine, because it's just... It's, Oak, you know, Professor Oak being like, remember, you can challenge your mates at this game. I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't sound like Oak to me. Oak says, why don't you go and catch all 150 Pokemon and give me and your mum some alone time? <laughs> hey, it's yeah, also got, like, still single? Go catch every Pokemon in the world. It's also got, like, all the rumours of, like, you know, this is how you get the legendary Pokemon Pikablue. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, have all the, the, the Mew and the... The the truck. Yeah, and and like, you've gone quiet, Kyrie. Oh, Did you shit, put my... your microphone down? No, no, my microphone is here. It's that's that's better. Oh, sorry, uh, the cable didn't fall out. The light would have gone off. I'm I'm just looking away. I was trying to see if I could find the uh, the thing at the back, Simon, that you might appreciate, which is oh, okay. Uh, oh, you could win ghetto blasters, data banks, <laughs> <laughs> playstations, a brand new VHS player, a top prize of a Pentium 3 PC. <laughs> and get this, if you if you win the ultimate prize, you could win a 14-inch TV. Wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. That's some high-end prize giving. I feel like... This was like again. It wasn't. It wasn't a lot of money. This one but it was like it was worth every penny just to see some goddamn <laughs> yeah. late nineties adverts and that's awesome. things in the back. That is pretty boss. I love looking like for old comics and stuff like that and finding all that all kind of old stuff. I, I like it as long as it's not in the waiting room of a uh, Chinese takeaway. Have <laughs> yeah. I shared that story on here before? No, I don't think we have. Because I'm not here, sure no. I know that story. So. Uh, I won't name it. Oh, but it was it was last time you were here with Alex. So. Yeah, I, I won't yeah. name the uh, the restaurant uh, locally. Speaking about, but um, I used to live around the corner from a Chinese takeaway with a rather hilarious pun name, um, and I went in there once. I remember <laughs> thinking it was quite obviously a front for something or other, um, because you go inside and everything is. Just and I mean everything is chrome. The floor, the walls, the counter, the ceiling, <laughs> everything is chrome, white clean chrome. The guys who work there, uh, everyone, everyone's <laughs> chrome. Um, and this is how I had food prepared for me by Colossus. <laughs> and all well, they were all Russian. Um, the um, the ceiling, like along, you know where you like in a takeaway, you get like the the menu. Uh, yeah, above above the counter. So above the counter, they had a um, like pages from a calendar that were all just pictures of sushi. Guess what they didn't sell there? Sushi? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember going in there once and sitting down, I made, made, made my order, went and sat down, and I picked up the magazine that was next to me. It was a tech magazine. And uh, I flipped it open. The first thing I saw was a little, little advertisement in the front, and it was, um, Buy now. Pay nothing until August 2009. <laughs> <laughs> And I was reading this in 2016, I believe. So I was like, oh, okay. And I just slowly put it back. <laughs> Realized how sun faded the cover of it was. <laughs> I went, I am in an unholy place. <laughs> an unholy chrome hell. 
See, I when I was a kid, I read a lot of dystopian science fiction. I wasn't ready for the dystopia we got. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a boring dystopia. When you it think is, about isn't it? it? It's like. If you, if you can really ramp it up and be like, it's it's full of chrome and there's like, you know, Nazis running around. Like it's it's interesting and terrifying, but it's not. It's just a bit shit, really, isn't it? It is pretty <laughs> shit. But yeah, uh, Pokemon Let's Go is not pretty shit. Woo! It's pretty fucking good. It is really really good. I I tweeted the other day and I stand by this that Pokemon Let's Go reignited my interest in the Pokemon franchise in a way that Sun and Moon failed to do. I'm the veteran of the group when it comes to Pokemon stuff. Mm. And and even I was getting fed up with the franchise by Sun and Moon and you know that kind of stuff. And this game has met, just refreshed everything and gone, made me yeah. go, I am super looking forward to next year if they keep two-thirds of what they've added to this game into it. It's going to be an amazing core game. Like on on the one hand, you've got the nostalgia. Yeah, there is something about going from Pallet Town off to Brock's gym yeah. and fighting him for the first badge. Yeah, that is just like ah, oh, back in the nineties. <laughs> um, is very comforting and familiar. Mm, mm. Uh, and at the same time, like the most. To me, the most tediously frustrating part of Pokemon has always been wild Pokemon battles. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't mind trainer battles. I don't mind gym battles. I don't mind battling with friends. That's a core mechanic. But mm. wild Pokemon battles just to capture the Pokemon has always been... Okay, let's do this. And now, it's not. It's not that. It's the throwing the Pokeball mechanic from Pokemon Go. Uh, and it works so well because there is still a, a level of sort of experience and skill required mm. in mastering it in terms of uh, choosing the right balls, using the right treats, aim, all of that. Yeah, There is still a mini game there, but it's not grinding down your PP until you have to go back to the Poke Center to restore your Pokemon <laughs> and come back out. <laughs> You just said you've got to figure I out your balls. I said PP, yes. You said you've got to figure out your balls and you've got to grind down your PP. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pokemon, what do you expect from me? But, um, you know, it's not just a matter of, uh, yeah, going through everything you can do until you have to go back to the Poker Center, rest your Pokemon, go back out and continue the grind, and grinding and through potions, yeah. rinse and repeat. You can just keep going as long as you've got Pokeballs available. Uh and it makes it so much more enjoyable to go out and actually just hunt wild Pokemon, which is good because it's Pokemon. You've got to do a fuck ton of that. The amount of people I've I've seen who've gone, I no longer want wild Pokemon battles. No, like, I don't. At all. You know, I, I never wanted this, them in the first place, but I never no. thought they'd take them out. But then, yeah, and... Uh, I'm, you know, I don't mind wild Pokemon battles because... I'm used to that kind of stuff, but this, the way the the catch mechanics work and the way the experience is shared automatically between your entire team and yeah, just yeah, it just works really well. Is there a, yeah. is, is this the one that because I had a conversation with a friend of mine in Derby about this? Is, uh, it's got a multiplayer function to it, doesn't it? Like it's got a co-op thing to it, yeah. So you can yeah. where where the second person can't trigger trainer battles, you can't but they can trigger bump into things and stun them. 
you can't trigger trainer battles. You can't uh, go into a wild Pokemon battle. You said you can't interact with the world, mm. but you can help out in in capturing, in battling. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so you, know, you get to situations where you're throwing Pokeballs and nothing's ca- it's just not working. Grab the second Joy-Con remote, give it a shake, drops in co-op character, mm. which then means you use two Pokeballs. The the way I had it described to me was like if you run into wild Pokemon as the second player, like you don't initiate a battle, but you do stun them. I've not tried that. Um, no, I haven't tried which, that either. Which just led me to go wait, so I can play in a game where my entire role is to run around Mount Moon punching the shit out of Zubats, so the primary <laughs> player doesn't have to deal with their shit. I like the sound of that. Yeah. And that just leads me to this wonderful mental image of just a character in the Pokemon world who just runs around with their friends, just kicking, just karate chopping <laughs> Zubats and, and Pidgeys, then just be like, no! <laughs> but yeah, you've got... So the new capture and hunting mechanic is great. I love it. Um, I'm also really enjoying... Like it's a, It's a dumb thing, but I'm really enjoying dressing up my Pokemon. <laughs> There's a dress-up part. Yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, obviously with Eevee or Pikachu, they don't go in the Pokeball. They either ride around on your shoulder or sitting on your head. And seeing as they are your close beloved Poke Pal, uh, you, yeah, there are various places where you can get like a cute little sailor suit or a little safari outfit mm-hmm. or like bows or sunglasses. Yeah. If you and... take it into handheld mode. Uh, you can touch the screen to redo their hairstyle. Yeah, I was well. just going to talk about the hairstyling. <laughs> yeah, you can mess with their hair and give them like uh, a little cowlick or uh, little bangs. Uh, do you remember from from the uh, the cartoon when we met Richie and he had his Pikachu with with the whip with like the uh, the uh, spiky front of its hair sort of thing? You can do. You can make that. You happen. can do that. Yeah, possibly. Yep. I'm gonna to have to try and remember the names now because Rowan and I have been rewatching uh, Pokemon in the subs. Ah, uh, and I... my god, <laughs> yeah, we we, rec- we recently got up to well, the next yeah. episode we're going to be watching is the Legend of Dratini, oh. uh, the one that was well, one, one of the ones that was banned, yeah, uh, in the because West because of guns, because of guns. But the one we've just watched is the one with the f- fucking Kangaskhan's in it, Kangas uh, Kangaskhan, and. She turned to me and was like, so this was the one that was banned, right? And I'm like, nope. And, I, and now I'm looking back at it and going, but why? Because <laughs> it's about it's them going into... Parody. Yeah, they go into the safari zone and they find a, a small child who has basically been raised by Pokemon and is basically Tarzan. Mm. But I'm like watching it and... Well, for the first thing that kid does when he comes out of the woods is he stares at Misty's chest and is like, "Can I suck breasts?" And I'm like, "Oh wow!" And I turn and I'm like, "I don't, I don't remember this being a part of this show. I, I'd apologize, but I wasn't aware this was going to happen. This episode wasn't banned. Um, I, I guess because in the dub, the kid didn't say that. Yeah, I'm assuming they changed it, but like. See, I think it wasn't. It wasn't banned. It was. It was. I remember watching that as a as a yeah, young. Yeah, it wasn't it, banned. That one. Um, the, the, but obviously, the, that line never got a thing. But also, like um, the the um, that they do like a flashback of how this kid became like Tarzan, how he was raised by Pokemon. Yeah, and it's it's his dad and his mum and the kid 
in a helicopter flying over the safari zone. And the dad basically just picks <laughs> the up the Michael baby. Jackson him. Yeah, the, ba- the dad picks up the baby and just puts him out the window. And he's like, hey, <laughs> you can get a much closer look at everything from here. Oh no, he, I dropped my baby. And he drops the baby and goes, whoops. <laughs> like literally, whoops, as the baby falls down, giggling all the way from the helicopter down <laughs> to the jungle. Oh, well, I guess we'll just keep flying and well, never go and look for him. That, that's the thing. The, the woman is just like, oh my God, what have you done? And he's like, oh, he's such a wonderful, like, a wonderful, what's the word? Uh, naturalist, like uh, going and wanting to be uh, really part of the, the ecosystem. Oh, a true, a true explorer. Like, <laughs> no, you just dropped your baby out of a helicopter. And she turned to me and was like, how did they change that line in the dub? And I Who's went, baby? That, was, that was pretty much word for word translated exactly. Yeah, in the dub, from what I remember. <laughs> more or less. More or less, They yeah. just made him a moron. By the way, fun fact, um, seasons one through five of Pokemon are coming to Twitch. What? Uh, oh, yes, for, um, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Huh. So you can watch them on Twitch. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, watch the dubbed versions, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Which are very different. Very different, yes. Watch the and X and Y seasons. That's probably one of the best. Still my favourite thing in the dubs is the fact that they Americanize all the food. Ah. <laughs> oh, These jelly, jelly donuts. donuts are amazing. <laughs> Simon, how do you feel about Meowth? I love Meowth. If I told you that in the Japanese, Meowth sings the ending song instead of the poker rap. Yeah, one of the endings. Okay. And it's just him making various puns by saying various Japanese words. It's, it's an actual song about how he's like looking up at the moon and because he's a cat, he wants to eat all the bugs in the garden. Um, but like all of the words he's chosen can be sort of slightly altered so that he says nya, with <laughs> yeah. him, okay. which is the Japanese cat noise. That's kind of amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. And it's just a very simple bit of animation of just Meowth from behind, sitting on a rock, looking up at the moon, playing the guitar and singing. (laughs) I'm I'm all about this. Yeah, It's really fantastic. The Japanese openings and endings are amazing. Um, Yeah, Uh, back on Let's Go, there are wild legendaries. Yeah. You you do see them on screen like in the old style, and when you go to battle them... uh, you get a custom piece of animation, then you then you have five minutes to beat them. They put a time limit in. You have to, you have to for you the have, legendaries. Yeah, yes. for the legendary. you have to. It's one of the only wild Pokemon battles in the game. Right. So you, you fight the legendaries. You have five minutes to beat them. Then you get. Then it takes you to the capture mechanic. So you got to beat them down to the point where you can capture them within the five minutes. Right. Yeah. And then you've got the opportunity to catch it. Or just curb stomp it. Or that, yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't got to the point yet where you can hook up with Pokemon Go, because uh, they quite sensibly yes. put that in a town that's quite late in the game. They've replaced the Safari Zone with the Pokemon Go Park. Yes, so you can go there and uh, transfer your Pokies over from Pokemon Go. Uh, which, you know, is a good way to fill up your Pokedex, um, but it would be a little bit game-breaking if it happened too early, so it mm. happens late game. And with that new Pokemon Meltan that they've introduced from yeah. next gen, I didn't realise that you can't evolve it in-game. You okay. only evolve it in Go, and it's a 400 mm. candy evolve. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot. That is a lot. I'm talking some weird cryptic shit right now. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of these things of you can only spawn them like once a week. 
Wow. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to, to get hold of. So to explain that mechanic for people who are unfamiliar with Pokemon Go, mm. uh, when you capture the same Pokemon over and over again in either a traditional Pokemon game or Go, uh, you can transfer that Pokemon out for usually a some form of reward. Uh, in Let's Go, you get candies based on the primary stat of that Pokemon, which can be mm -hmm. used to buff that stat in other Pokemon. Okay. Uh, in Pokemon Go, it's a candy that is linked to the species. So if you transfer a Rattata, you get a Rattata candy. Mm. So you grind it down into food. You do. You grind, okay. Basically, that's what I've said for ages, is you chuck it in the candy shredder. Um, <laughs> candy and, shredder, also a great thrash metal band. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Opening for uh, Cyanide, Cyanide Werewolf. Werewolf. <laughs> um, and you evolve Pokemon uh. in Pokemon Go by feeding them lots and lots of candy. Mm -hmm. So a really common one might be a 15 candy evolve. You have 50 candy evolves, 100 candy evolves yeah. are already pretty hardcore because uh, you have to capture 100 of the goddamn things. Well, um, no, you don't have to catch 100 because you get free candies per capture. Oh, that's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, it's still a bunch. Yeah, it's still a whole bunch. Then you've got specialty ones... Yeah, each generation, which require more than the 100. And this one is a 400 candy evolve. Mm. So that's, oh, that's a lot. You yeah. can also get candy by walking. Yes. Pick, pick one of your Pokemon as your buddy Pokemon that walks around with you, and you gain a candy for majority. It's like three kilometers. Yeah. Every three kilometers you get a candy. This Magic is why my buddy in Pokemon Go has been pretty much since launch my Magikarp. Because <laughs> yeah. one fucking day I'll be able to evolve that motherfucker. <laughs> that's a you that's take a, a fish. Yes, for, for a, a walk. walk. Yes, you get one. Candy. Well, more of a drag, really. <laughs> the you get fuck one, is wrong with you? <laughs> you get one candy every kilometer of Magikarp. Hey, Katie. But it takes again. That is a four hundred candy evolve. Yep. So when when I've walked four hundred kilometers. <laughs> I'll hey, be able just, to evolve my magic car. Just, just walk up to come and see us in Redditch and then walk back again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that will not be happening. Yeah, and then, but if uh, I drive really slowly, with that, oh, because yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't recognize it as if you if you keep it under twenty, twenty miles an hour. Yes. And so then if the you drive in London, explode. you're fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although we've seen these um, hoverboard go kart things that have now appeared. I have not. So the, the standard, you know, stand-up two-wheel hoverboard, what a company has designed basically a go-kart that you attach the hoverboard to, you sit in, and then it's got, like, you can, you can it's got handles uh, next to you to make it go and to stop. And someone's just basically... It was on um, Off Topic on mm. the uh, the last call part, and it it was... Um, they basically went, it's a Pokemon Go machine go-kart wow. you sit in it and just you won't hit the, you won't hit the speed limit tracker <laughs> and but you, nor do you have to exert any energy exactly <laughs> <laughs> jesus I was, like, I was like yes <laughs> an actual good use for these fucking things fucking hell i do like uh pokemon go granddad in japan if you've is, seen him is he japan or is he china 
Oh, he might be China. But yeah, I've seen. I know the guy you're on about. The guy who has like a, a rig that he wears that has loads and loads of arms coming off the front, each one holding he's a mobile got, phone. He's got like ten to twelve <laughs> phones all playing the game at the same time. So he'll just go up to a particular capture, and you'll just see him going pokeball, 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 and just play the game simultaneously on a dozen phones. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, like, he, I, I do know he couples own, who... He's his own team for raids. Yeah. I do know couples who take each other's phones when one of them can't make a raid and will play with both of them yeah. so they both get the uh, the shiny. Yeah, I, I had this exact conversation in Derby, funnily enough, with, with, with <laughs> my friend who basically went. He had to take his, his partner's phone with him to, to this uh, event going on at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Um, <laughs> yep. And he was just like, because I didn't know there was a 10 o'clock on the Sunday morning. He's like, well, I'm just going to go there, do this thing, and maybe there'll be a couple of people there that want to be there. Because apparently there was like a WhatsApp group for people that do this in the in the, the town. Oh, yeah, yeah, go, that's yeah. common in most towns yeah. now. And he, and he we went, got a Facebook went, group. And there was yeah. like 35 people around this thing, and he was like, I don't understand. They're all here. So we went for a walk, and we did a bit of all this like catching stuff. Then we came back, and there were easily 150 people around like the town square, like the big... Uh, sort of shopping center yeah. area and i was like what the fuck I yeah think if it was an event day game. raid that will happen yeah, yeah Whenever... was, i was just surprised because like i don't it's still people... one of the most played mobile games. Yeah, and whenever there's, you know, they add in new Pokemon, new generations, new legendaries, it gets that resurgence of people coming back yep. to it because like, yep. oh, that was one of my favorite generations. Should have awesome. stopped the Gen two. Uh, it's especially going to start picking up again now that it's connected to Let's Go. Oh Christ, yeah. I mean, it's already had that massive. In spike in it as it yeah. is. Yeah, you've you've you had me with with like hairstyles and dress up. I I need to get a switch now. I think. Yeah. What are you doing? But yeah, I mean, Caden is doing his usual thing of sitting on the air vent for my computer <laughs> to helpfully block all of the uh, the air coming out. Nice. Um, you also got the fact in the game there are no HMs anymore. No. Um, no, your starter is an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what HM stands for, but I know what you mean. So hidden you got machine. Hidden machines. So you get TMs, which are which are the technical machines. machines. Yeah. I know that one. And HMs were what they were hidden machines, and they were the permanent attacks you could teach Pokemon to, that would have effects in the real world. Gotcha. And so things like cut, fly, surf, surf climb, yeah. Yeah. Strength, yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. In Let's Go. They've completely removed HMs. TMs are still the thing, and you can use them as many times as you like. Yes, you can use the same TM to upgrade every single one of your Pokemon. Which is why Brock now gives you Headbutt as your first TM. Yep. So you replace any Tackle, Scratch, or Pound with Headbutt, because it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, eventually you will find people you know, in various cities or in locations around the game which will teach your starter... So you pick your EV. The uh, secret techniques. The secret techniques, which is which are the HMs, but they go under different names. Yes. Right. So you have chop down is cut. Yeah. Uh, you can also, uh, because you have one, you, obviously you have either your Pikachu or your Eevee who mm. rides around on your shoulder or on your hat. Mm. You can also have one Pokemon out of its Pokeball following you around. Yes. Not for the first time in Pokemon. No. But with a twist, uh, depending on the Pokemon, if you happen to have an Onyx and you take him out of the Pokeball, you can ride around on him. Mm -hmm. I've seen. Well, you, I think you know where you're going with this because I think I've seen this. <laughs> if you have a Charizard, you can fly around on him. Yep. Lapras, and sir. 
Lapras you can surf. Uh, so some of them don't need the HMs. They have the built-in ability to do stuff. Mm. Uh, but where did you think I was going with it, Kyrie? Because I wasn't going anywhere. Oh, have you not seen Snorlax? The Snorlax? No. Yes. Right, so... right. Tell I, me, because Snorlax is my favourite. Right, Snorlax you ride around on, but you're basically just, like, embedded on his chest. <laughs> you basically grab onto like, his tummy. <laughs> I need a Snorlax! Let me see if I can find a picture of it. Like, uh, it's so fucking adorable. You're just climbing him. Uh, I need Snorlax in my life now. I've, I've met Snorlax in Let's Go, asleep, blocking the way, so you have to go a different direction. Uh, to railroad you into doing the towns in the right order. Uh, but I have not been able to capture one yet. Right, I'm copying the image address. I am posting this into twitch.tv. Oh, it's already been done. <laughs> oh, I need a Snorlax in my life. It's the fact that your partner Pokemon also rides yeah. around clicking yeah. to his chest. <laughs> thank That's you, so Sprite, Thank you. That's so cute, I want it. It's, uh, it's incredible. <laughs> that yeah, is but, brilliant. The other interesting thing is that Obviously, you can have your starter as part of your team. Yes. But if you don't want to use Pikachu or Eevee as part of your team, you don't have to. But they no. st they still remain riding you and you can yeah. use their abilities. It's, it's like kind of Pikachu's stuff. relationship with Ash. Mm. Uh, like, even if Pikachu wasn't going to be involved in any given battle, wait, no, that would never happen. But <laughs> if... ah, so, you see, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kept making this comment throughout most of the beginning part of season one of Pokemon, and then we got to the episode where he takes on the um, Fuchsia City gym, the ninjas, and he mm. doesn't use Pikachu at all. I'm like, ah, well, oh. there you go. Shit, okay. <laughs> so yeah, even if Pikachu's not going to be involved in any given battle, meaning Pikachu is not in Ash's lineup at that time, Pikachu's still running around with Ash being Ash's friend. It's the same with your starter in this one. Mm. But why wouldn't you use your starter? Because it's a perfect 6 IV yeah. Pokemon and <laughs> pretty much will wreck anything. Because and with the technical machines, you can make it do whatever you want. Christ, you get to Cerulean City and there's a guy in the Pokemon Center who will teach your Pokemon free elemental moves that just wreck the game. Yeah, fucking hell. I took Buzzy Buzz and it, it has been a fucking godsend throughout. <laughs> I got, Buzzy I got that. Buzz. Buzzy Buzz. It's an electric attack from my Eevee. Yep. My, my Eevee knows all three of those elemental attacks. You basically can't... <laughs> I didn't realise you could learn more than one of them. You learn God all damn them. it. Yeah. God damn it, I need to go back to Cerulean City. You can learn... It will learn Buzzy Buzz was an electric attack. You can learn... Uh, basically like a fire tackle that can inflict burn. And you can learn a water attack which does water damage and... Shit! It's basically the water version of Mega Drain. Because honestly, so Buzzy Buzz well. alone has been a fucking enable easy mode option. <laughs> so all three are basically a skip combat mode as far yeah. as I can tell. <laughs> I mean, this game is... As the guy obviously looking back at it, I can see where they've they've really, you know, they have made it easier across the thing. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'm, it's... <laughs> It makes sense for a lot of the changes they've made. Yes, because a lot of the changes they've made have simplified out a lot of the hidden stats, maths, mm. and busy work that were yeah. the things I didn't like about Pokemon. That's one of the things that they have to keep for the next gen is the the judge function. Yeah. So you can, so you can see your IVs on there because for the competitive battlers, that's their shit. Yeah, having the IVs yeah. just visible on the Pokemon summary yeah. is like... It's a game changer. You can go, oh, hey, I've caught myself a dozen Meowths. 
which one do I want to focus on uh, building up to my top level? Well, let's have a look at their IVs, shall we? And then there's, then there's the guys who combo chain to get those perfect IVs. Yeah. So when you capture a, a Pokemon, if you keep repeatedly catching the same one, you get a combo. Yep. Literally, and, it says on the screen, you yeah. have a catch combo of three, four, five, and so on. And as you progress up the combo amounts, you'll get a guaranteed one, let's say like one IV, uh, perfect IV Pokemon yeah. of that type. Eventually you'll get a perfect two, three, four, and onwards like that, up to six. But along with that, you also get the extra chances to find shiny Pokemon. Correct, yes. So if you are, if you have a favourite Pokemon that you explicitly want a really high IV or shiny version of, uh, this game is extremely explicit in how you do that. You just up your combo catch, uh, catch combo. Maybe this will be the way I find myself actually believing in shiny Pokemon. Well, um, something was pointed out uh, by Laura Dale, I think, who has played more of this game than I think any human alive and has a ridiculous <laughs> collection of shinies, um, is that the shiny drop rate discounting the combo mm. is the same in this game as it has been in any other game. Yeah, it is. But... One in 4,000 or something. Yeah. But because wild Pokemon are now visible, you are no longer walking past that one in 4,000 shiny that spawned yeah. in the world that you never knew was there. If it's in the world, you see it. Basically, what you want mm. to do is get your combo chain up to 35, 36. Then ignore everything until it just pops on the map. Yeah. Obviously, if you... Uh, after four spawns, if a shiny hasn't appeared, grab another one, go into a, into a battle with, say, like Alex was doing it for Ponytails, trying to get a shiny Ponytail. So say, say you... Of those four, none of them that spawned on the screen was a shiny. Grab one of those so it resets the area. Mm. And just keep to repeat. As long as you capture that Pokemon, the combo continues. Yep. If you bump into something else, it resets your combo. No, no. As long as you run away, ah, it doesn't so reset the combo. You can you, can, you, you mm -hmm. accidentally bump into something else without resetting your yeah. combo. You could start. A That's combo. good to know. You could start a combo on Pidgeys, let's say, outside Palatine. Town. <laughs> <clears throat> and as long as you don't capture anything else. You could have the same combo going all the way through to the end of the game. Okay, cool. Essentially. You would have the saddest combo of all. Yeah. You would. But you also would be able to have Pokemon other than Pidgeys. Mm. Because I have, like, the three original starters in my team, and I didn't yeah. catch any of them. No, just like in the original Yellow, you can still get gifted Bobazor, yep. Charmander, and Squirtle. You need to have captured a certain amount of Pokemon to access those, but by the time you get to that point in the game, you, you have, usually have. Usually I had have, to do yeah. a little bit of grinding for Squirtle. Because <laughs> Squirtle, they say you need to have captured 60 Pokemon, and I looked at my Pokemon box, and I went, off to Jenny, you are a cruel-hearted woman. I have 60 Pokemon. 
And she's like, you have to have captured 60 Pokemon. They fucking uh... gave you that Charmander. They fucking mm. gave you that Bulbasaur. Those don't count. And I was like, okay, I'll go and catch two more. The way to check <laughs> your capture amount is if you go to yeah. the Pokedex, on the bottom left-hand corner, it shows you how many you've captured. I mean, for, for me, I literally hadn't transferred any away, so it was pretty easy to check. I had just I forgotten that two of them weren't captures. Uh, uh, yeah. But it's... Because uh... your, poke- your Pokemon box isn't limited anymore. So you don't need to transfer them away. There's no PC to go to in the Pokemon Center. It's nope. literally all done on you. Yep. You can rename your Pokemon without having to go to see someone. That's true. That's how Meat Pod happened. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a Metapod? It is, well, it was a Metapod. It's now a Butterfree called Meatpod. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like all these little bits that they, they've added to it that make sense that they should just do not remove these little features. You know how they always do those surveys of like the most popular baby names each year? Yeah. Yes. Most popular Pikachu name 2018, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. My <laughs> my picture is Reynolds. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am just naming my horses in Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I still haven't got that game yet. Have you not? No. Wait, wait till online comes out and then come join me and ride alongside. And we'll form a cow a cowgirl gang. Yeah, come ride alongside me on Anthony Clopkins. <laughs> I need to up my horse name game. That's oh brilliant. my god, that's good. That's amazing. Uh, um, so yeah, it'll be. I love Red Red uh, Red Dead Redemption too. I've been playing it for like thirty hours, and and so far something has happened. Yeah, it's it's very slow. <laughs> it's incredibly buy... slow, and I like that. Yeah, I've got to buy two editions though, because general will play it on the Xbox while we're playing it on the PlayStation. <laughs> Because that's where everyone I know who'll be playing it will be playing it. Yeah. Mm. We'll do train robberies where we steal a train. Because that's what a train robbery is. That is exactly how a train robbery yep. works. You steal <laughs> the train. That or Wait, we rob what? someone. That or we rob someone <laughs> and then we escape by jumping on a train, which is the uh, the Bacano way of doing a train robbery. Uh, <laughs> rail tracer. Did, did I tell you about the, the random... I must have told you about the random horse I found with a severed human leg next to it. Yes, yes, yeah. you did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> environmental storytelling at its finest yeah. <laughs> oh god so we've covered a lot of topics we have we went from nazis to pokemon to ryan reynolds via <laughs> stanley and red dead and right red at dead. the end there yeah i could do one more random thing that i found out this week what's oh, that lay it on me uh so fallout 76 Ugh, okay um so, last week, the first group to launch a nuke in the game happened. Okay. And they launched it at uh, what's called a fissure site in, on the map. And if you do that, you can spawn an event um, called the Scorch Beast Queen event. And what the Scorch Beast is, is the giant mutant bat creature. And gotcha. Uh, a bit of a kaiju moment. Yeah, a bit of a kaiju moment. Now, obviously, when you launch the when you launch the nukes in the game, that creates a area of high level spawns for monsters, for the creatures, lots of rare materials, all that kind of stuff. Now, the specific one is the Scorch Beast Queen uh, can drop like the rarest material to get in the game, 
the crafting material, but it's level 95 when it spawns. So it's pretty fucking hard. Mm. Um, so that was interesting. The same group this week launched three nuclear <laughs> nuclear weapons into one of these uh, fissures to see what would happen. Did it spawn the event three times simultaneously? It spawned the event, and on their uh, way to the um, Ground Zero site, uh, they, the game crashed the server. <laughs> well done, Bethesda. So launching three nukes at once will crash a server. <laughs> In the same um, location, mind you, but it was just one of those things of, huh. I'm so glad they had a long, robust beta and actually dealt with the bug reports. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bethesda. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably the... did deal with the bug reports. They just found more bugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Bethesda game. There's always more room for bugs. They released their first full, uh, big update patch, which is, about, again, like the size of the game. Well, it was a day one patch. Like the... I don't know. Since then, this week, they've released another... Okay, because the day one patch was bigger than the game install. Yeah. And have they taken out the console commands yet? Uh, they, oh, right, the yeah. console was out during beta, but there are ways to inject the console commands because people know the engine so very well. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> reading that um, being so like, no, they wait. haven't. Because I remember reading that thing and being like, hang on, wait, so I can just like slash kill player. I don't know if that one works, but there's still shit you can do. Yeah. Uh, although I did see one wonderful thing coming out of Fallout 76 because on the whole, I've been fairly unimpressed. It's living up to my expectations. Yeah. Uh, and when you have expectations like mine were, living up to them is kind of <laughs> a failure. Yeah. Um, but there is one person who's making their own entertainment. Oh, this was the other story I was going to say. <laughs> a person who used the character creator to make themselves look as much as physically possible, like a certain Preston Garvey, went out, found the duster, found the hat, and spends his time in the wasteland running up to players and informing them there is a settlement that needs their help. Oh, Christ. The, the, the greatest thing about it is that he's actually using sound clips from the game of pressed over his microphone. Like, it's actually the voice. He's got the, the real yeah, voice. Yeah, he's got a soundboard. Oh, yeah. for fuck's sake. <laughs> like... Ah, oh. now I've just got to. I, I'm gonna have to reflexively go and check to see where I've, whether I've still got Fallout Four installed on my PS4, just so I can delete it all over again. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So yeah, I think that might cover it for this week. Yeah. So thank you for joining me, Jack Kyrie, once again. Woo. Uh, if you would like to get in touch between episodes, maybe like Spriter, trigger off a conversation that ends up being an episode topic, mm -hmm. you should come join the Discord. If you don't know the link to join the Discord, it's on our Twitch page at twitch.tv slash dangerouslyunprepared. You can also get in touch on Twitter at Unprepared Show. Find us on Facebook. We're Dangerously Unprepared there. Uh, there's new VODs going up on Twitch all the time. Uh, we now have three regular game streams Every week, Zoe does two. She does The Sims 2 on a Monday. She does Crusader Kings 2 on a Friday. And you'll catch me on Saturdays playing Cities Skylines. 
Woo! Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure there might be other bits and pieces popping up throughout the week here and there. There will be because I am now officially moved in. All of my stuff Whoa. from Cheltenham is now here <laughs> in Redditch. I have, no streams. More, I have no more material ties to Cheltenham. Uh, <laughs> the move is done. Convention season is done. Um, yeah. yeah. So I've got no things to worry about now, it's, except it's just getting enjoying video games. Stuff as well. Uh, well, I, you are both welcome to and encouraged to. So come on, people. You know the social media links. Get in touch. Tell Kyrie and Jack to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, do something. <laughs> I feel but, like I feel like Jack and I should like do do some kind of like two player game thing and be just like the dangerous and prepared B be team. Yeah, <laughs> new, new 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 world order. Uh, but until next time, you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon. I have been Kyrie, and I have been Jack. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.